I'm, I'm going to talk about the value, how we are going to value God's gifts to us today. Can, can we do this? And, and I want to I do it because there's, there's an aspect that you have to elevate the value of what he's given to us in a certain area that I want to get into. And I, and I believe this will help, help us. I mean, uh, uh, it came alive in me while I was, I was seeing it. So just, let, let's decide we're going to get something from this. Amen? Um, so, uh, and I wrote about this in the app here, if, if you want to see my little blurb on there. But, but when I went to college, I, we... Um, Man, we had some of the most amazing guitar players. And it's kind of like David Phelps. Uh, it seems like the better musician you are, the smaller your audience can be. Because, um, you know, if, if you're just Willie Nelson and you got a guitar that's got a hole in it and, you, and you're just banging away on it, you know, you can get millions. But if you're David Phelps and you're actually singing really notes and stuff, you know, <laughs> it's actually music that's coming out. For some reason, it becomes more of a, a focused audience. But it was kind of like that in college. So we had some of the most amazing guitarists. They're masters. I mean, they're just... So they would come, and, and they'd, they'd bring them onto the campus. And we had this chapel called Bucktail Chapel. And sometimes they'd play there. But uh, we had one... The, the most famous one was Christopher, Christopher Parkening. Anybody here from Christopher Parkening? He's the re, part of the reason why I got into classical guitar as a kid, because he played these... Um, he actually did a liturgical album that was all like hymns and stuff like that, but it was classical. And I just saw, look him up on YouTube or, or Google or whatever. Amazing guitarist. He actually came my senior year. And, and um, anyway, so what they would do is they would have these guys come in and they would do a recital or a, or a concert. And, um, and it was amazing. You go in and you would experience the performance it's kind of like us at, at David Phelps. Um, you experience, and you're just so impressed by the performance. But there was something I said to Kim. It, it, uh, we were driving away, and I said, you know, that, that's so wonderful. But when you're a, an aspiring musician, there's something you're just not quite getting from this. You're not getting, I can do this too. So, what they would do when these masters would come in, they would play this, and you'd be so impressed with them. But what was really cool is you're a student, right? And you're wanting to learn how to be like that. So what they would do is they would have a master class. In my freshman year, I played for this guy named Elliot Fisk, little Jewish guy, just a technician on the guitar. I mean, just amazing. And, and I had this misconception of my guitar playing ability that he revealed to me. So the end of my freshman year, and, and, and he played this amazing thing, you know, and I think I'm going to get up there, and he's going to say, wow, you're really good, and all this. None of that. Why? Because I got something from him that would help me more than listening to him. More than a performance, I got words of correction. Words of direction. Much more valuable than just the performance. And, and, and I think a lot of times what we want from God is just a performance. And we're going to see this. He wants for us more than that. He wants to take us to a place where we take on his nature. And we're going to see how that has to happen. But he, he sees it this way. He says, I don't want to just be a performer. 
I want to be your father. I want you to look, to act, to be like me. I want you to perform. In fact, when we perform, it's him performing through us. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 6, 19. So Jesus talks about treasures that we actually lay up treasures. We're going to have we're going to be involved in the value that we're putting on something. And let's just look at what Jesus has to say. He says, "Do not lay up." Okay, I, I used to play basketball in, in uh, high school. And the first thing we would ever do is we do layups. They're the easy things, but you, they're you go up and you just lay it up into the basket, right? All right, these are not those layups, but it's kind of similar because you're going to be involved in directly doing something to affect how your heart is valuing, okay? Do not lay up for yourselves. Who's doing this? We have something to do with the value that we're placing, okay? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For Now, and this is the part, for where your treasure is. And who affects where your treasure is? We do. We lay it up. We're, we're directly involved daily in where our heart is connected by where we're laying our treasure. And this greatly affects, you know, what we just did with, with our offering. That's why we worship God with an offering. Why? Because we're going to lay up. And when we do that, it's not, a, it's not an optional thing. Not if you want to have your heart connected to God. Because where you lay up your treasure prepares your heart for actions of faith that you will never get in any other way. Right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. That means it's not already there. It's going to need some laying up. For it to be in the right condition. You know, people like to say, oh, well, God knows my heart. Just leave me alone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he does know your heart by where you've been laying up your treasure. Right? Now, this has to do with finances, but I want to look at it in a little bit different area here today, okay? Because it has to do with how we value God. Do, does anybody value God? You know what? There, there, there's something called honor. And there is no honor of God without value attached. It will be financial. But it will also be in other ways that we're going to see here, okay? All right, let's go to uh, Psalm 19. So, man, David is so cool. He, he, he placed the value in the right place. He was laying up continually. We'll see. What, what's David known for probably the most? His Psalms, right? I mean, he did, he did a whole bunch of other things, but you know, I don't know if he had done any of those other things if he wasn't a psalmist. Because what he was doing with every psalm was laying up the treasure of his heart. And when his heart was laid up in that place that he put it, it enabled actions of faith towards God. Okay? So let's look at this. 
This is, this is Psalm. This is David. This is him doing his thing. <laughs> the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Now, each one of these phrases has a different effect upon who we are. Now, what he's doing here is he's saying, what God says affects the soul, right? It's a value. It converts the soul. The soul, that means the, the soul isn't on its own. It, you, what, what David did all the time, he said, hey, soul, this is what we're going to do, right? And what was he going to do? He was going to do what God said. He said, and, and, and what God says is a value here. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. All right, we could get into each one of these. I don't want to hang on that too much, but each one of them has an effect, right? The testimony, that's, that's the experience of who God is, right? Of his words. It makes you wise. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. What are all these things? Something that God said, right? Is it what God did? It's not what he did, is it? It's what he said. It's God's word. Is that right? The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now listen to this. Now he's going to say there's value here. You need to see the value of what God says. More to be desired are they than gold. You know what's amazing? David was able, or uh, Solomon was able to build the temple because David understood this principle. Gold was not his God, right? He said, no, what God says is my God. The word of God is more valuable than that stuff. You put it first, and it's like Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things are gonna be added unto you. Why was David able to, to hand Solomon, his son, this son that didn't, he said, I don't even know how to do anything, huh? Please give me some wisdom, right? Because he saw from his father that what he needed was not riches. What he needed was the word of God. All the other stuff would follow. And because Solomon got that right, he was able to be the richest man in the world why? Because he valued the right thing first. And it caused his heart to be in the right place. Amen? More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. <laughs> Jordan could help us with this. Works around gold. It's like, man, that'd be so cool to see all that much gold. Not just a little bit of gold. You know what's amazing? <laughs> We were blessed with a gift of just a little bit of gold. And you know, it was, it's worth a whole bunch. It's amazing. And what David is saying, it's not just a little bit of gold. It's, it's worth more than you can imagine. Man, so please get revelation of how valuable this is, Right? Yea, then much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb, anything that you could ever desire, anything you could ever crave. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, 
And in keeping them, there is great reward. So what is he saying? The words of God are much more important than his performance. Can you see that? And we'll see it in another verse here. It makes it even more clear. All right, John 11, or John 1, starting in verse 1. Treasuring the word is actually treasuring Jesus. So when we're talking about the word, you know, and there's, there was a, there's, there's a group of churches that are called word churches, you know, that we've kind of come from. And it's where the word has been given the priority. If God said something, then that's what we believe, right? But I think, I think this will be some help for us so to, to actually place value on it because sometimes we're always looking for what God's gonna do. How many want God to do something in your life? Yeah, I want God to do something. And you know what he says? There's something more valuable than that that you need to get a hold of. Amen? Okay, so when we're talking about the word, then let's not just see it as some, and David did not. He didn't see what God said as just some laws, some rules. He didn't see it as that. He saw it as God, right? And John saw the same thing. So listen to John, starting in the first verse. He says, in the beginning was what? God has established who he is on what he says. He says, you can take what I say, and it's the same as me. <laughs> right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Not just represented God. Not just was his ideas, not was just his words. It was him. So when you take what God, and that's why David said it's so, much, it's so important for you to not discount what God says about anything. If he says this is how you should do something, it's not just a law that you're, you're, is going to confine you. It's a relationship with an almighty God. He considers what he says to be him. Can you see how valuable this is? <laughs> he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and, and the life was the light of men. That means there is no life without what? Not just God, his word. Amen? Okay. All right, let's keep going here. So what I want to see there, and, and I've already done this, but let's, let's see this, this comparison between Valuing God's performance, which we like to do. Have, have you ever seen it this way? His, his performance versus his word. It shouldn't, it's, it's not a competition, but you can see that there's two different sides to look at here, right? So in the name, and so how many, you know, actually did, taught on this one time. The name of the Lord is based on what? It's kind of like, uh, you, you think of, of Tesla, what do you think of? What he's produced, right? Cars. So you think of SpaceX, you think of rockets. What The performance, right? The production. So in the name of Jesus, what, what are we referring to? What he's done. The performance that has preceded that name. The fame associated with that name, right? And when, you, when, you have, when you've established a name... It has to do with something you've already done, a production that you've already produced, 
And what it does is it establishes an expectation of what you're going to do. It's not a small thing. It's essential. Why do we praise? Why did we sing, this is who you are? It's based upon what he's done, isn't it? And what does that do? Is it, it establishes hope. Faith requires hope. For us to see something and lay hold upon it, we have to know that he's done it before, he's going to do it again. How many times? We love to do that, don't we? And there's nothing wrong with that. It's so valuable. It builds up our faith. If God can do it to them, for them, he can do it for me. Right? All right, so in the name, the value. So we, we're, we're going to put value on that, right? We're going to base our life upon that. We're going to build our life upon that. That's value. That's our life, right? So, so what do we do then? And what is that with the name? How do we lay up treasures in the name of Jesus? So, again, Jesus said, don't lay up treasures on earth where things corrupt. Well, how do you do it in heaven? You know, and sometimes we can say, well, you'll just do it by giving into the church. You just, well, I believe it has to do with the name of Jesus, too. There's value there, right? And the word. And so we're comparing these. So in the name, we, put, we lay up value by praising, right? And then by thanking. What are we doing when we praise? We praise him for, man, he created the universe. I'm wanting to get better at this. I don't know about you, but it's like, I'm not satisfied. I was, I was telling Kim, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not enough to just say, yay. Yay what? What do you like about what I did? You know, it's like, it's like this concert that we went to. I don't want to just say, oh, it was just really good. It just really blessed me. I felt chills go up and down my back. It was just wonderful. I just, I just longed to go back and do it again. It's like, no. I like those high notes he hits. And then he can, he can go down and hit every note in between on the way down to way low, you know. And then he did this version of Little Drummer Boy. And he got up there and it was really cool. The lights kind of went down. And he sat on a stool. And he, and he had, had a little conga. And he started beating that. And, um, and it built up through that song. It, it built up. Until he's just wailing on, um, oh, what, is, what are the lyrics there? You know, he's saying, me and my drum, I'm playing for my Savior, you know. And the electric guitar comes in, and it's just driving, and it's so stinking cool. I didn't just enjoy it. You know what I mean? What did I enjoy? That's how God should be. He's this huge God. We should be able to say something other than, yay, God. You know, what did he do? You know, we talked about this in men's, you know, Thanksgiving isn't just things in the past. Thanksgiving is what his word, well, we'll get to this, but who he is, what he's going to be in our life, what we can, his promises to us, right? I'm ahead of myself, but we're, we're looking at what he's done and we're giving him thanks for that. Acknowledging what he's done, right? And what that does also is it, it uh, we, we have hope that is secured in his ability. So what we're doing when we're praising, we're laying up treasures. 
Don't look at your praise as a small thing. Your thanks as a small, oh, we we should just be doing this. Checking off the box so we feel good about ourselves. No. This is doing something to our heart because we're putting value in who God is. Man, we, we, we are so in such a minute stage of praising him for who he's worthy of being praised as. You know what I mean? He's this incredible God. <laughs> and, and, and the tragedy is our hearts are connected to the degree of our laying up praise and thanksgiving. And the more we go there with that, the more our hearts are being established because their treasure is being placed there. Can you see this? Okay, so this is in, in what he's done. This is in his name. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer in whom I will trust. What is trust? That's based upon past performance. I'm going to see what he's going to do, right? But there's another aspect that God sees as even higher to be valued more. And this is what I want us to be encouraged in. What we have in this. In the word, there's a value from his character. What is character? It's not as much now as maybe it was. Remember you used to, what, you spit in your hand and, you know. <laughs> your word is your what? Your, your bond, right? Now, you can do some kind of online signature thing, you know, that doesn't really mean anything. But with God, his word is his bond. He said, you don't understand. If I've said this, there's no going away from it. You get, you get a commitment from God, take it to the bank. And why is it not getting to the bank? It's because you're not taking it there. Right? Right? <laughs> So how do, you, how do you get it to the bank? So we, we value him from his word. What we're doing is we're, we're saying, I believe in the character of God. If he said he's going to do something, it's his bond. Right? So how do we lay up those things then? You can't lay up treasures in the character of God if you don't even know what he said. Or it's not in the forefront of your thoughts. That's why in the Old Testament it said you got to put this before your eyes all the time. Because you can't have a relationship with the word if your words are being occupied with the world. Right? So what do we do? That, so we take what he said and we put our, fill it, our mouths with it. What is that? That's a confession of what he said. Amen? It's, if, if God said it, I'm going to say it. What are we doing? We're laying up treasure in his word, right? Declarations. We're going to take what he said and we're going to declare it to be so. What are we doing? We're not, we're not making something happen. We're just taking what he said and we're affirming it. We're allowing our heart to treasure it. Amen? It's not just a mental thing. It's not just a, it's a mind over matter thing. No, uh, what did that say? Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart follows. 
So how do you lay up this treasure that is more precious than gold, than fine gold? You begin to say it. If he's given us his word, we do something with it. Amen? You know, um, we've had somebody bless us with a wonderful gift. And, you know, we can either just hide it or we can do something with it. Right? And God says, I've given you the most precious thing. And either you're going to do something with it or you're going to devalue it by not doing anything with it. Amen? All right, let's go to uh, Psalm 138, too. So performance versus character. <laughs> so what is this? We could say name versus word, okay? Performance versus character. I will worship towards your holy temple. How many love to just worship God? Isn't it wonderful? We had some wonderful worship today, didn't we? Aren't you grateful for songs that we can just lift up and we can just go there, you know? Right? That's an experience of this God of performance, isn't it? And praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have done what? Magnified what? Above what? Your name. Huh. Who did this? God. It's interesting, though. He's, he's saying, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to do all these things because I'm established on something that isn't just about performance. It's about your word. And if you've declared that this will work, I'm going to do this. Amen? So, so God himself establishes the worth of his word above just a performance. I don't just want a performance, God. I want a God that can become, he can become me. You know what it said? It said the word became flesh, didn't it? And dwelt among us. He wants for that to happen in us. He wants his word to become our flesh. He wants that same thing in us. Amen? All right. Let's go to John 15, 7. Laying up the word establishes the heart's belief. So we saw it in another context there, but let's see in John 15. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now, there's, there's another definition of him being the word, isn't it? He said, if you abide in me and my words are abiding in you, that it's like it's the same thing. You can't have him without his word. In fact, if you want more of him, more of your more of the more 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 more. Well, you're not going to have more of him without more of his word. If you want more of his word, uh, more of him, you have to have more of his word. Amen. <laughs> this is actually really cool because it's like you don't have to do without him, man. Just get into his word, and you'll have him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That sounds like, man, that sounds like a really good formula. So, so now all I have to do is like, like read the word a lot every day and sit there and go humana, humana, humana. And, and then all I have to do is ask, whatever I want. I can get that truck. I can get that house. I can, I can get all. No, no, what he's saying here, 
is the very same thing we saw at the beginning. It will transform your heart. Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. If you're abiding in him, what you're doing is you're laying up treasure in a place that the world can't provide. And what it's doing, it's establishing where your heart is. So that now when you ask for something, you're not asking amiss. You're not asking out of the will of God. You're not asking something that God's, he's he's not going to give you another wife when you're already married, you know. It's not because you're not going to want that. Not when you're treasuring what God. Amen. Laying up treasures in the right places. All right. All right. Let's go to Isaiah 55. Is this good? This is good stuff, isn't it? Aren't you grateful? All right. To lay up the word is to submit to its working then too. So again, it's not just a formula where we're taking. I'm going to take take what God said. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to. No. Once we, to, to value it isn't just to be exposed to it. It's to adhere to it. Amen? And if God said something, you know, this isn't just Old Testament. All through the New Testament, Paul was telling us how we're supposed to act. He said, you, you, don't, you don't act in this way. <laughs> something, somebody that is unfaithful sexually, said doesn't have any part of the kingdom of God. Huh. So there's some ways we're supposed to act. There's, there's something in the word of God that's gonna, we're gonna have to either say, yeah, that's me, and, and worship God by adhering to it, or say, no, that's, that doesn't affect me. Grace fixed me, and so I, I don't ever have to do anything that God says anymore. <laughs> he's the same God. Aren't you grateful he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever? He's holy. He doesn't change. He still wants the same things from us. Amen? But he makes a way for it in Christ. Take my word. Now, when you find it, allow it to be a pathway for you. Because what's happening when the heart is laying up treasures in the right places, it's making way. You don't go anywhere that your heart doesn't want you to go. People do what they want. You can't get somebody to learn the guitar if their heart's not in it. You can't make a brain, brain surgeon out of somebody that their heart's not in it. And I don't want somebody operating on my brain if their heart's not in it. <laughs> right? And God's not going to make us treasure him. He's not going to make us walk in his blessings He's not going to make us experience the abundance that Jesus came to provide for us if our heart's not in it. He's not going to impose something on our heart that we don't want, right? No. So what we're doing is we're setting our heart to actually receive what he's already provided for us. Amen? Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. This is actually kind of funny. Man, people sure think that they can come up with whatever they want to come up with, don't they? And that it's just as high as what God... This is the thing that just bothered me so much when some of these things just happened about two or three years ago. I won't say what they were, but you know. 
I wasn't hearing what God had to say about anything. Were you hearing it? It's like, and I'd like to just point out what God has to say about something. I mean, in church maybe, but not on any of the media. Who is God? What does he, as if his, what he says does not matter. And, and it's, it's easy to fall in. That's what the world wants to do. We want, wants to conform us to that way, right? But his ways, his ways are higher. And so there, there needs to be this understanding in, in, this, in this valuing of God's word that it's higher than, not, it's not just some nice idea. It's his ways. It's, it's the way of living in every aspect of our life. You know, the, the, the law has a lot of, uh, it, it was a bondage for people because it, it became an, an outward um, imposition that you couldn't do anything. I mean, it controlled every aspect of your life. And if you didn't do it, there was condemnation associated with it. Now, with what we have in Christ, it's a different approach to a, a same desired end. He wants to control everything in our life from the inside. He wants it to be our heart. He wants us to desire that. But he wants us to be blessed beyond what we'll ever come up with because it's only his ways that will take us there. So there has to be an elevation of his thoughts above ours. His words above our words. Amen? And my thoughts than your thoughts. Man, God's actually saying this. He said, uh... You don't seem to be understanding this very much, but my ways are actually higher than your ways. My thoughts are actually higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do, do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall what? My word be that goes forth from my mouth. So he's talking about thoughts and ways, isn't he, that are higher. How were those thoughts and ways imparted? By his word. But my word is going to go out. It's going to accomplish what? My ways, my thoughts. If you're not taking his word, you're not getting his thoughts. You're not getting his ways. But if you take his word, you're getting his thoughts. You're getting the thoughts. You're getting the ways of God. Amen? And they, and they do not fail. You start operating in what God said about something, you can have great confidence in where it's taking you. For some reason, there's this thing built into us as humans that we want to resist that for some reason. That my little thought is a good, good enough thought. No! That's why God said, no, please, please understand, I'm smarter than you. All right, I can refer to something else. But, all right. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Did you know God has sent his word to us? He's sending it right now. Psst, you are getting God's word right now. We can either do something with it, or we can go about our day as if it never happened. Right? <laughs> Amen? Amen? God says, if you will take my word, it will accomplish 
his pleasure. Wouldn't it be good to make God happy? He's not happy with everything we do. Everybody doesn't get to please God. You know, my dad, I don't know if you remember, I showed a video of him, and he said, everybody doesn't please God. Right? No. No, it's those who have laid up treasures in heavenly places by praising his name, but then by elevating his words above their own thoughts and saying, if God said it, I might really want to consider it. I really might want to consider conforming to what God said. Not out of condemnation, out of opportunity. Amen? All right. Let's go to 2 Peter 1.4. And if you're following along in the app, you notice that this is my last verse. So, so you can take a big breath and... And do like Amanda, she's smiling really brightly. <laughs> like, say, all right, we're to the last verse. <laughs> but this is good, amen? <laughs> all right, so we're not just laying them up, we're drawing them out, amen? You cannot... And this is the thing that, that I found as a, as a parent, and, and, I, and I really wish sometimes, don't you, don't you wish like, man, I wish I could have done that a little bit better or something, you know? Because, uh, and Hayden will attest to this, I, I mow the grass in a certain way, and Hunter will attest to this too. And, um, and my, my problem is I expect the same thing when I haven't really taught them how to do it. You know, uh, this is a big confession for me. So, you know, you know, all reach out here to me with your hearts and forgive me. And, and I'm saying this to Hayden and Hunter both. And, but God doesn't expect us to do anything that he hasn't provided the way to do it. Amen. He does desire us to mow the yard in the right way. But he gives us the instruction on how to do it. And he said, you know what? It, it's not that I'm displeased with you. It's just I desire more for you. And I've provided a way in my word for that to happen. Right? Okay, let's look at 2 Peter 1.4. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. We've used this verse several times recently. I know Pastor Kim did too. I think last time she taught so sometimes when we, when we think about the word of God, and you know, I've referred to it, it's going to be ways of doing things. But there are also promises that are the word of God. It's like even the law had a, had a lot of rewards involved with it. You walk in this way, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. Right? Well, you want to take away the, the, the requirements of it. Well, you take away the requirements of it, you have to take away the reward of it also. Right? But in him, there were promises, those promises from the law. Did you walk in these things? You're going to be blessed. There were great and precious promises. What does precious imply? Value. Right? Was it a performance? It's the word. Right? Great and precious words. God has given us. Man, 
there needs to be a reciprocation of value. He considers them to be very valuable. He says, I'm, I'm giving them to you for a purpose. Right? And because, in this school, and because of his glory and his excellence. This stuff that he's given us, this word that he's given us, this experience of, of who he is from his word is because of how wonderful he is. Right? He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, and this is it. And this is such a great verse to close with, Amanda. These are the promises. These are the words. This is the purpose that God wants. He wants, and this is why he values it above his name. He said, I don't want you just to come to a David Phelps concert and enjoy it. I want you to be transformed into David Phelps. Does that make sense? He says, I, I want you to get the nature that I have. I want my words to come into you and change who you are. And when I spoke about my wife, when we were talking about this, she, she said, you know what? You are nothing without me. You know what I'm saying? Well, in this present state, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I would have been something else without you, I guess. But, but our relationship with somebody should be affecting who we are, right? And this is, he's the God of the universe. He's given us words that will transform not just our perspective on things. It says, you begin to lay up treasures in my word, it will transform your heart. Out of your heart comes the virtues of life. How do we fix our heart? Have you ever gone to God and said, God, just please fix my heart? Oh, thanks a lot. That's exactly what I do, he says. I do it with my word. You put value in what I've given you, in my promises, in my words. And you will find the core of who you are is being transformed. You've already been made to be a new creation. You don't need to go back to the cross. But you do need to allow who I am to transform who you are. And you'll go from image, glory to glory, into the image of God. Be transformed. Amen? That these are the promises that enable you. That means if you're not doing anything with these promises, they can't enable you. It can't happen. Can we be encouraged in the value that we have in the word today? Amen. What are we going to do with it? What are, where are we going to place our, the value in our relationship with God? And how is it going to affect our every moment? It's going to be in his word. Amen. He said, don't just look unto me for the things that I do. Look unto me for the, transform, the transforming I accomplish in my word. To share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Praise God. What are human desires? That's treasures laid up in the wrong place. Right? What do you desire? 
desires come from the heart, don't they? And it's based upon where you've laid up your treasure. We get this opportunity today, amen? Is this good? Anybody affected today by the word of God? Let's do something with this, amen? Let's allow God's word to come in. You know, I was thinking about this. You take one promise of God a day and just let it be in a meditation throughout the day. You don't have to, you don't have to memorize Psalm 23. You, you don't have to do all that. But it has to be something. Amen? Declaring who, what God has said over us. There is so much. Who we are in Christ. We might need to talk about this a little bit more and get into some details, right? But first, we have to elevate the value of this treasure that we have. Amen? It's not that we discount his performance. No, we, we praise him for his performance. Amen? But a lot of times we can get stuck on that and never get to the, the foundation that we build our life upon. It's not his performance. It's his word. Amen.